Gig Gab, the Working Musicians podcast, episode number 53 for Monday, February 22nd, 2016. And welcome to Gig Gab, the Working Musicians podcast, where we come to you every week to talk about things that matter to working musicians and us. Here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. Here in Las Gatas, California, Paul Kent. How goes it, my friend? Life is good, man. We're getting uh, got new music that we've been looking at. I got a lot of acoustic gigs going on. Personal life is good. Day job is good. I am in. I am in harmony these days. That's a good place to be. Yeah. 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 How about you? Uh, mo- mostly in harmony. I, 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 we've been, and I'm actually, we might talk a little bit about it, but we've been doing some, uh, the beginnings of a new recording project with Fling that I'll, I'll talk I, a little bit more about. Yep. And I, I saw you posted some pictures about it. It looked cool. Yeah. 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 We're doing it here in the studio and, and it's, it's working out well. And, uh, heading on vacation with the kids for uh almost a week while they're while they're off of school so looking forward to spending some time down in florida with uh family and extended family so that's uh awesome it's good stuff yeah i've been i've been terrible at work lately not not like not that work's going bad i've just been terrible at being like mentally present it's 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 as though i went on vacation a week early um, it happens sometimes, you know, and, and, and that's, I mean, it's a, that's probably a subject of a different show, but you know, working for yourself and, and that kind of thing, there's, there's, it's tough. Some, you know, sometimes you have to, you're the, you're the one that has to be the, you know, the driving force to, to get you motivated. And I don't know, it's just like the last no week. Doubt. I just haven't been good at it. Checked out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I got to get this stuff done. It's like, maybe I'll go stare at that for a little while. You know, it's like, it's just, I don't know. It happens. It happens. Uh, you know, it's like anything. Masters of procrastination. Yeah. 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 But like, like unintentional too. It's just like, oh, why, what, what, what did I do for the last four hours? Why did I, you know, uh, anyway, it happens. It's all good. It'll all come around. Yep. So tell me about this recording stuff. How's it going? Yeah, so we um we Fling is a band that plays, you know, some covers and some originals and and it depending on the gig, we, it's been a long time since we've played a gig with the majority of the songs being originals. For the most part the majority are covers. And, but the guys write uh some really really good songs and and so we do work those into the set and we talked about that. And we decided that it was time to start focusing more on that, to start bringing more of it in. It was actually our discussions here that got me starting to think like, why, why are we ignoring our originals? I mean, it, you know, they're, they're, obviously covers have a, 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 a serve a great purpose for us and we enjoy playing them. I mean, all of the stuff, it's all true, but it's like, there's these other songs we're just ignoring. And so, you know, we have been sort of intentionally working a few into the sets and, and getting people up to speed with them. And it's like, well, let's record them. Cause that's fun, you know? And, uh, it, more fun for some of us than others. I'm I'm not a huge f- playing live is far more um, my preference than recording. But once I'm in the mode of recording, then I, I you know, there's always stuff to enjoy. And uh, so we decided we, we gave ourselves a deadline. We have uh, actually a couple of fling, fling fest booked, uh, but the one that we're doing on June 4th 
is our first Saturday in June one that we've done for the last several years. And that one is our target to be a, you know, we've been loosely calling it a CD release thing. I don't know if we'll actually print up CDs, but, you know, it's that concept. We want to have this collection of songs, however many it might be, four to four to 12, you know, who knows? And maybe we'll release them on USB sticks and hand them out to people or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, But, you know, we gave ourselves a deadline, which is always good, you know, for things like this. Uh, especially given my, my flakiness over the last uh, week here. <laughs> uh, so, um, so we, um, knowing how it would, would need to go. It, there's, there's two, there's many parts of the recording process, but one of them is just being able to record. And that's sort of always been my problem. And I always have friends who ask me, Hey, will you play drums on this track or will you do this? And I always want to, but I, I've just never gone out of my way to make it easy so that I can just sit down and, you know, record something and 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 then just get back up and, and go. It's always, oh, I got to set up mics and I got to do this. So I went out and I, I made sure I got some extra stands and, and uh, kind of carved some mics out of the live lineup that we don't use and, and repurpose some things so that I can just leave drum mics set up full time. And I had an extra USB audio interface that uh, I was able to make work. So now... Here in the studio, I have mic'd up drums ready to go, and I know, you know, I've got a template in uh, either GarageBand or Logic. I can, you know, I've got both of them here, and so I can, I can record. I mean, if if we hung this up, I, mean, I wouldn't do it while we're while we're here, but in in thirty seconds, I could be at my drums tracking, you know, at any point in time, which is great. And so, uh, we've started the process. First, I I laid down some drums for a song. And we didn't really quite have the form together yet, so we knew it would sort of be a throwaway. But we just ran through the process. There were only three of us here. It was our bass player, our, one of our guitar players, and me. And that was a couple of weeks ago. And it was just more of a proof of concept. Can we, you know, how is this going to work? What are we, what roadblocks are we going to run into? We've never really done this where we've all just recorded it at, at home and certainly not here before. So, So we did it. And, you know, in the course of two hours, we figured everything out and laid down one tune and got, you know, rough tracks down and vocals and some harmonies. And we did a rough mix and it was like, Hey, look, look what we made, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, with the process down, then it was time to figure out what songs to record. Mm. And that's where it gets interesting. Um, and maybe, and, and I know you've got some, some questions you, you, you have a topic that you want to talk about how to pick songs. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll fast forward past that and just kind of, finished this part about the recording process. So uh, this week we had started to pick some songs. It was kind of obvious which some of them that would work. And my goal in for this first phase of the recording process was we've got one tune that's probably going to be a studio monster and, and really just kind of overtake us in terms of, you know, adding like lots of little stuff to it. And that's fine. But I didn't want every song to be that because I know how those can bog you down. So it was like really important to me that we pick songs that we know that we've been playing for a little while and that we can just get through so that we can learn this process and really hone it down. And then there's nothing that says that after we get through these first five or whatever that we have to stop, we can, you know, we can keep going. So on Tuesday, we had a band rehearsal scheduled uh, and we only had two hours together. And Tuesday afternoon, I came up here. And uh, in the course of an hour, I laid down drum tracks for two songs to a click. Nobody else was here, but I know the forms of these songs. Like I said, we've been, you know, these two in particular, we've been playing for years. So it was easy. I I say it was easy. 
one song, one track, one take done. Perfect. You know, the other one is a two and a half minute song. Really, really simple kind of tune. Took me probably 30 takes to get it right. You know, but that's, that's how recording goes. Right. And uh, man, it's so easy now. Have you recorded with logic or or garage band with the remote app? Mm -mm. Dude. I mean, I can sit at my drums with my iPad on the music stand and completely control everything that I would need to control in terms of like levels, starting, stopping, adjusting the click, any of that right from there. So I don't have to just, it, you know, I've done this before where you got to get up and press the button and run over to the drum stool and sit out, you know, <laughs> that, seriously, like that's how it used to be. And now it's like, I just sit right there, do whatever I want. Uh, so I have a, I have a bunch of questions about this. Can I, can I fire a couple? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I mean, the, the, the quick end to the story is I got the drum tracks down and then everybody else came and we wired them in uh, direct so they could just play live in the room. We didn't even have to put headphones on and we tracked the rest of the stuff and tracked some vocals. We're going to go back in and, and replace a lot of those tracks, but um, you know, one by one, but, uh, but we've got, you know, we start to put, build some structure for these things. So, yeah. All right. So I'm going to come at this from a place where I believe many of our listeners probably come from this. So if you are, uh, you know, like the sweetest spot, I believe of who listens to this show is this kind of weekend warrior guys right. who, who want to go out and have some fun on the weekend, make a little bit of money, you know, be good at it. You know, they love it, that type of thing. But when you come to the recording process, really with almost exclusively a live music background, there are a lot of dynamics uh, and I'll say it this way. Um, I've recorded, I'm by no means an expert. I, re- you know, we right. recorded our original house rocker demo many years ago. Um, I took uh, uh, audio recording classes in college, worked in a recording studio for a little while. I just did that acoustic uh, Christmas thing with Mary Ellen. It was my first time in the studio in quite a while. Yep. I have some experience, but, uh, and I'm going to refer most of this to um, like trying to do stuff at home uh, on GarageBand, which I'll fool around with every once in a while, or even that experience of the first house rocker demo. So when you are, first of all, there's a, there's a transference of, of not a playing totally clean when, when you play. And to my experience, I'm Wait, now when you say clean, uh, do you mean with no mistakes or sound wise? Uh, no mistakes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, there's right. I mean, there's two different aspects of that. So I just wanted to, just wanted to make sure we knew what we were talking about. Okay. Yeah. And you're right. That was, that was why that one song took 30 takes. Cause I realized mistakes. I didn't really know the song, you know? Yeah. I, yeah I mean, it's like you get a different well, relationship form. to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's form and form mistakes, but there's also just playing the right notes and, you know, no extra clicky, you know, hitting, hitting the wrong thing or, yep. you know, a drum gracing a, a rim or that type of thing. Anyway, what I, what it feels like to me being primarily a live performing musician, uh, recording is extremely daunting. And that process of narrowing down two things like playing to a click, which is a whole nother thing, but just playing your parts clean. I'm not happy with our demo. It sounds okay, but it sounds antiseptic to me. Yep. When I have heard like live takes of our band right off of a board at a live show, it's, you know, and we're playing pretty clean, not entirely clean, but our band is about edge and about energy and testosterone and, 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 uh, you know, it, it feels different. And that feeling never seems to have, uh, come to life for me in a studio. And maybe my expectations are wrong, but, you know, my assumption is that in the process of being quite 
focused on getting your parts right, error free, that it's it takes a it takes quite a musician, a, quite a confident musician, to still let to still let him come out in the recording, um, because you, you know I think most people have a certain degree of error um, acceptability in their live stuff. Yep. Um, you know, so, so that's my first thing. Like if you're a weekend warrior and you've been out playing and you say, Hey, we got to go in and do a demo. The conversation I would want to have is understand that the process of capturing what you think you're hearing live and the personality of your band, that's not a a direct transference, especially the first time, but at any time, it's not a direct transference when you go into a studio to record. Well, and, and, and to a point you're, you're totally right. And especially for those of us that that tend to play live a whole lot more than we spend time in the studio. I I actually did a lot of studio work years ago and I've been playing with a click since I picked up drumsticks. So the click is actually my friend. But if you haven't been doing that, then that can be a huge issue and maybe you don't even want to record to a click. <clears throat> but, you know, I it really could just comes down to experience. It, it, you You've got tons of experience on stage. It's certainly relatively speaking as compared to, you know, the very little experience that, that most folks might have in the studio. And, and it is a different and, and, and it's important to recognize, like you said, that they're two different things. So until you get more experience in the studio, it's really hard to be natural there. Just like, you know, your first time on stage, were, did you play like you? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I certainly didn't. Right. I mean, I was probably scared to death. Right. <laughs> you know, at some level, excited, scared. But there's, you know, all this stuff. Now you step on stage and you certainly at least for me, I know I care about what I'm about to do, but I'm not, you know, overwhelmed by what happens if I make a mistake. Right. There's, there's not that obsession about it. it I know it's going to happen and I know how to deal with it because because I've dealt with it so many times. Right. And, and so the studio is the same thing. It's, you know, it's like anything, it's repetition. You just got to get used to it. And uh, the more you do it, the more comfortable it'll be. And that's true individually. It's also true collectively as it is on stage, right? You can have a bunch of great musicians that have never played together. Well, the 10th time they play together is probably going to sound better than the first. Yeah. Right. You, You know, you just have to learn how to do this together, which is why, I was picking, you know, for the most part, low hanging fruit or encouraging us to pick low hanging fruit. I want to talk about the picking process in a little bit, but that that's that's part of it. Right. Is let's let's not go after, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody here. Let's yep. just, you know, let's just play some tunes and see what happens. For sure. Yeah. So that's 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 one thing you said there was more. Is there more? Well. Are you talking about about the recording process? Yeah, yeah. You you said oh. you, you said you had you know. Um, there's always concerns going about it. I didn't know if there was if there was more. If I was if I well. Was. So the next thing would be that concept of a click track. Don't go in cold to a to a recording session if you've never played to a click track before and, and think you're going to do it. It is it is a thing. And you say the click track is your friend. Yeah. But um, you know, it didn't start I, that way. Right. It that that is and. And I've, I've read about, you know, wrecking crew musicians and all of them who have said, you know, if you're not comfortable with a click track, it's not a natural thing. No. If you eat, no matter how good time you think you have, the click track will humble you. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I, you know, I'd say I've been playing with the click since I, since I first picked up sticks. That's not entirely true. I've been playing with a click since a year after I first picked up sticks and mm. I'd played for a little bit. I played in the school band. I learned how to play drum set. You know, I was, it was trial by fire for a lot of things. And I thought I was pretty badass. you know, and, <laughs> and then I took some, uh, I, I was, uh, my parents finally said, you know, okay, we can spend some money on drum lessons. And I sat down for my first le- drum lesson with John Catrone and, uh, he puts a whole note, uh, you know, on the, sheet of music and he's like let's play that i'm like oh dude i I need to tell you i've been playing for like a year you know like i I know what this is he's like yeah that's cool and he starts the click up (laughs) (laughs) i suddenly realized no i actually don't know what i'm doing at all and it it, like you said it was immensely humbling but that was 30 years ago right Right. Talk a little bit about um, about tracking individual things versus uh, versus everybody in one room playing together. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like like I said, I track the drums myself. I, I, in many ways, I kind of prefer that uh, because I can be I can be very efficient about it. Right. And I don't have this pressure to get it perfect just because someone else is playing along. If I, you know, if I get to the second verse and I screw something up and I think, Hey, you know, I'd actually like to play the first verse this way. You know, I can just stop. I don't have to worry about six other people saying, Oh, okay. He wants to go back, you know? And I, so I can just do that and be really comfortable about it. And if it doesn't work out, you know, it was like, that's fine. I'll just try again, you know, that kind of thing. And it, it helps me be relaxed. Now I, it doesn't work for every song. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll go back and, and track the drums again at the end after everybody's put everything down. But I like mm. that. But there's also, I, I also like, especially for a band that plays live a bunch, tracking everything live, you know, where everybody's just playing and you're just recording it. But you, you have to lower the bar when you're doing that. You, you can't expect everything to be perfect. Or if you are expecting perfection, then the only thing you're going to worry about is the drummer. Right. And because everybody can everybody else can go back and, and punch in and, and either right. fix parts or replace parts. But um, so we did we did kind of a, a hybrid. Right. I like I said, I tracked my drums alone and then the other guys came in and all tracked their instruments simultaneously playing along with my drum track. Um, and, and they, you know, they were set up in the same formation that we'd be set up to rehearse. And again, because we weren't using live mics, we just had the speakers on in the studio. So they were hearing my drums coming out of the speakers. So there was, you know, that kind of comfort level of, Oh yeah, we do this all the time. It's just that Dave's not sitting at his drums. He's sitting in that chair over there watching us play, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it took one or two takes and, and, you know, we had good, good takes from, from most everybody. And then we did some punch-ins and replaced some things and, and that sort of thing before, you know, before moving on to vocals, we, you know, we were doing it without vocals, um, that at that point. So, yeah, yeah, but all right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, and, and, and like you said, though, there's the option of tracking everything one at a time. And I've done that before, too. It's it, it's it's weird, kind of, you know, but not I don't know. Works out. It works out. OK. Yeah. All right. So I have a thought about. Um, about navigating through creative differences and, and uh, I don't know, maybe there's a connection to your recording process here, but, but uh, the, the, everybody has an idea what works and what is the constructive process for keeping people engaged. I mean, like, 
Like if someone has a, an idea that is transparently a bad idea, you don't want, you know, it's your bandmate, usually your friend as well. And you don't want to send them off, you know, discouraged or, 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 you know, not wanting to bring other ideas to the band. So right. we're, t- we're going through song selection stuff now, and we're a little bit off. We're a little bit off about what's, what's right for our band. And, and the, the, uh, the, the topic that, I've had different band members say is we have to be who we are. And me as kind of the person who's receiving a lot of this, my perception is that my band members have slightly askew perspectives of who we are. Some people, you know, we're, we're a roadhouse band. We're a funk band. We're a rock band. And then the truth, we're all of those things. And, you know, to any individual member, one thing is striking a chord more, um, more emphatically. And that's how they, you know, that's their self-perception of, of who we are. And the, the question I have is about keeping everybody engaged when you're askew uh, or, or you have multiple perceptions of the same, of the same problem. How do you, how do you deal with that? Um, I probably am the wrong guy to ask only because I tend to be a little, probably a little too forthcoming with my opinions uh, on that stuff. If somebody Suggest something that sucks. I'll I'll say I think that sucks. Um, All right, well stop stop right there. Yeah, you say it sucks. What happens in the band at right right at that point? Um, they know me well enough that we can keep having a conversation. Uh, it, you know, it's 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 not a that sucks, and it's it it's not veto power. Uh, at that point, I mean, we all have veto power in in like in fling. If if some if somebody really hates something that we're doing, you just say no, and then it's it's over, right? Um, but, uh, but you know, we, somebody might bring up a song like, oh, that song kind of sucks. You know, I've, I've played it before. I don't know, but I'll always give it a shot and try it. And, yeah. you know, but, but then, the, you know, I mean, it depends on at what point any of us, me included say that it sucks. If it's, you know, somebody suggests a song, it's like, oh, I don't know. I've learned, I don't, it doesn't, my, my feelings about a song and whether or not I would choose to listen to it have no bearing on whether I'll enjoy playing it or whether the band will play it well, right? Mm-hmm. Me included. So I've sort of learned that over the years. So it's like, ah, that song sucks, but let's try it. Let's see what we can do with it. You know, it might be fun. Uh, but if we've tried it, you know, three or four times and it's just like not coming along or it not sounding right or whatever, it's like, okay, guys, this sucks. We got to kind of, you know, punt on this. So, so there's some movable line that yeah. gets applied. And how about this? When there's a song, uh, that different people in the band have perspectives of the value of putting more time into it. So, so, you know, there's songs that um, I need, I need more time to get comfortable singing. Sure. It could be range. It could be phrasing, but you know, my intuition tells me just keep working it and you'll get it. And, you know, to be fair, it's hard to work those things by yourself. At least it is for me. It's a very different thing for me, you know, singing in my home than singing, you know, to my live band. Right. You know, there's just different muscle memories that kick in in, in different situations. Uh, but you'd want to keep, you you know, like I can get this, like, you know, just hang with me. Do you ever run into those com- types of situations? Always. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you know, somebody will feel really strongly about, oh, no, I, you know, they, they have a vision. Right. That you can tell that it's like because clearly we're all hearing the same thing here. We know it's not working yet, you know, and we're we're pretty in line with that. I, I'd like to think. I mean, who knows? But I think we are. We're pretty close. But it's, you know, like you said, a little more work and this can get there. And usually 
I'm okay with that. And I think in, in general we are in fling, but th- whoever it is that has the vision, it's up to you to really convince the rest of the band that, yeah, this is working. And and maybe that's, mm-hmm. you know, we've played it twice. Listen to this part of it. This has really come together. Like, you know, just being transparent about what it is you're hearing or experiencing with this tune and also where you think, how much further you think it can realistically go. And, and, and so just being honest about that, like, no, you know, I think this one will work. Here's why. And, and also obviously being open to suggestions. If somebody says, well, what if we try it this way? But, but you know, for the most part, if somebody's, if it's, if it's at that point where it's like everybody else is like, I don't know, then it's okay. All right. You, this is on you now, you know, you got to sell this to us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, you know, that often makes it better or makes you realize it's a non-starter. Well, you got to fight for what you want sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But we encourage that. That is, I guess what I'm saying. That's yeah. Is, you know, it's like, okay, but then, then go because passion's an infectious thing. It's like, I want to see it because I'm on board with it. Yeah. All right. So, so to bring it all around, you had mentioned that you had a couple of thoughts about how this selection process or, or this criticism process, how it applies to the, to the uh, recording project that you're doing. Well, we have a lot of originals and for the most part, they've been rec- Russ and Aaron, our keyboard player and our guitar player uh, in reverse. Russ is a guitar and Aaron's a keyboard player. They're, they're recording machines. They've done a lot. They haven't done a lot recently, but they used to do a lot individually and together. So They've recorded some of these songs at different times and in different ways. But for the most part, we really don't have any of these things down. So so there's quite a few to choose from, probably, you know, 20 to 30, maybe even more. Um, and we had to pick five. You know, I said, let's pick six and we'll we'll get through those six and then go. Now, we might get to four and realize, OK, you know what? Uh, let's do this other one instead or whatever. That's fine. But I figured we had to all be on the same page coming in. And also it was just important to hear what was important to everyone. And so I, I suggested that we do it. We start the process democratically, uh, uh, by having everyone knowing that we're going to record six songs, have everyone suggest five. So that means even if all your five get picked, there's still one more that's going to happen. And the point, the, 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 the idea was everybody suggests five. And the first thing we do is do we just go through and see, you know, which songs got the most votes. And it could be possible that everybody could pick, you know, different ones. And we'd have 25 songs with one vote apiece. You know, um, yeah. that's not how it worked. Two guys didn't even bother to vote. Um, actually, that's not true. Aaron didn't bother to vote. But, you know, we we weren't we didn't keep a sealed ballot as, as somebody came up with their list. We just shared it. So you could kind of see where things were going. And by the time Aaron came to chime in, he was like, I see where this is. I'm good with it. You know, I like this. Um, our bass player, I say that only three of us made lists and that's true. Our bass player didn't, um, didn't buy into the process because he, he was like, I don't know about doing it that way. He's like, there's five of us in the band. Why don't we each just pick a song that we sing? And then those are the five that we record, which, you know, if you peel back the layers was like, okay, he, it's important to him that he gets to sing a song that's going to be on this in this first five. Like, okay, that's fine. So we took that as five votes for this one song that he, that, uh, that, that he sings in one of the originals and he doesn't mm-hmm. write too many tunes. So this is a song that Russ wrote that, that Burke sings. It's like, okay, that's fine. So that one's on the list. No problem. 
And then, you know, we kind of tweaked the list and went back and forth and, um, and, and sort of, you know, I, and then we all in, in the same way that Burke did, you know, we all kind of pleaded our cases for not only what songs we picked, but why, you know, and, and, and it, it, like I said, you know, it was important to me that we actually are successful with this process. And so the first time through, I didn't want to have, you know, too many, um, mountains to, to, to leap over. So it was like, let's pick the low hanging fruit. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and so the two that we started with are relatively low hanging fruit and we'll see how it progresses from here. But, you know, we got, we got things going. Everybody's excited. You know, we have things that we can play for our family and stuff and be like, okay, yeah, this stuff needs to be fixed. The mix is very rough or whatever, but you know, here's this thing we made. Anyway, I can, uh, Twist your arm to debut some things on Gig Gap podcast. We will. Yeah, I don't. I won't play anything today. Um, I think the guys would kill me uh, if I did that. But uh, but absolutely, yeah. That that's sort of my plan too. So yes, you can definitely twist my arm to do that. I like it. All right. So to rip the to um, wrap this topic so, up, how about Dave's Dave's best tips for weekend warriors wanting to go in and record their first demo? Yeah. All right. So. <clears throat> Uh, my first tip is going to be counter to everything I've said, and that is uh, if you're if the point of your demo is truly that a demo. I mean, and what we're doing in Fling right now is very different from that. We want to record a collection of our originals, which is fine. And there's a lot of, about the process that's the same. But if you're recording a demo, my best experience with it has been to record 90 second snippets of, you know, songs that of maybe, you know, half a dozen or a dozen songs that represent all the different facets of your, uh, of your repertoire and then stitch them all together into, you know, a five to 10 minute demo, knowing that people aren't going to listen past about the four minute mark anyway. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, that way you can represent yourself without making somebody hit the skip button on their, you know, on their MP3 player, whatever it is, you give it to them. So that's, that's tip number one is know what it is you're trying to create with this demo. And then just serve that purpose and nothing more. Um, practice with a click ahead of time, I think is is important. And and use that to, time to learn whether or not you should use a click for recording your demo. Again, you, you know, the, what's the purpose of the demo? Is it to get live gigs? Great. People, unless your time is all over the place, in which case you're not going to get live gigs anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, seriously, right? You know, I mean, it's got to be pretty good. Uh, just play the tunes. Don't worry about it. You know, you don't have to be Steve Gadd in there and be a, you know, a monster studio musician. That's not what you're selling. You're selling this great live band. So maybe it's better to throw the click away for that. Just play, uh, mix the vocals louder than you think you should, uh, mix the guitars lower than you think you should <laughs> and, uh, enjoy, have fun with the process. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. What about you? Do you have any, I know it's been a while since you've recorded. Did you do full songs or did you do snippets? We did full songs that we later um, chopped into snippets. Okay. um, I would say, you know, my tips again, more coming from the non-experienced, you know, recording guy is, you know, be well rehearsed, like really know your stuff. Don't waste your time. Um, And then mostly go way to the edge and play very aggressive and hear what that sounds like. Um, and try and avoid what I was describing before, which is the getting kind of butt tight because you're so worried about making a mistake. You know, that it's, it's easy to do that. I mean, it's easy to just kind of bear down and be antiseptic in your playing. But but for a beginning uh, recording project, see what see what it 
feels like and sounds like to just play without without anything in your way. Just play as hard as you can, play as wild as you can and see what you do and see what you sound like and then figure out how much you really need to rein it in. So I think it's, it's good advice, man. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and you would never know because the temptation is always so, Oh crap, we're paying for this time or Oh crap. You know, I don't want to have to do it 10 more times or there's a lot of reasons why you will get tight. And, um, but if you go in, um, just saying, Hey, I'm just going to have some fun and I'm just going to let it rip. Don't worry. Be used to the process of just letting it rip and then rain back from there to understand. But if you're well rehearsed and you know your instrument and if you know your parts, you know, you're, you're probably better. You probably don't need to be as butt tight as you think you need to be. No, that's true. So th- yeah. So yeah. that's just experience. And then, um, you know, I, I really like your suggestion. I mean, the way, People listen to demos now, if they even listen to audio demos. I'm not you know, entirely sure. I think they go look at a, at a YouTube video That's for 30 right. seconds is, is yep. probably what they do now. So, um, but um, I don't know. I, I like the idea of actually being um, creative, like start your demo with, hey, everybody, this is Paul from the House Rockers. I want to thank you for taking a few seconds to listen to our demo. Like they're not expecting to actually hear a human being talking to them. So remember, it's a marketing tool. This is a non-musician tip. But just remember, it's a marketing tool. Don't be afraid. It's, it's, not, it's not 30 years ago where you only live and die on the power of your, of your chops. Um, so pick good songs. Inject your personality into it. And... Um, and uh, and don't be too tight. You know, try and strive to, to make it sound like what your band really sounds like in your head. Yeah, that's a great idea. I like the the you know make it a if it is audio only, but even if it's a video thing, there's no reason yeah. you can't start with a little voiceover kind of thing that says, "And now listen to you know our band." Yeah. Well, I, if it's video, start with 20 seconds of the band in frame, you know, saying, hey, you know, we're the House Rockers on Paul. This is right. Yep. Introduce yourself, because as we've said many times, it's all about making a personal connection with bookers. And if they think that they know you, you have a leg up on people who they think they don't know. Yeah. So, you know, you could even get away with with recording that in a club. Right. You know, you could sure. you could tell everybody in the club. All right. Here's the thing. You know, we've got somebody in the back with a with a camera, whatever. And it could be a camera phone. I mean, it doesn't you know, th- those things are pretty good these days. Um, and just say, hey, you know, we're going to take 20 seconds here and do this introduction for the video. And then you do exactly what you just said. And now you have it. But in the context of a live show and there's people reacting to you. And then that again, that's if that's what you're trying to sell. Perfect. Yeah, I like it, man. Oh, that's good cool stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Fun. All right. Well, I guess that wraps us up for a week, right, Paul? I think we're good for today. A lot of interesting detours we took today. We did. Yep. And uh, and yes, and we, we absolutely will will share the process of this fling thing. As soon as I have something that that, you know, is even close to being ready, I'll um I'll surely uh, play it here on the show. Yeah, that would be fun. So. All right. Enjoy Disneyland. And no, just, have just Florida. Uh, we're, we're on the, the Gulf Coast. But uh, OK, got it. Well, yeah. enjoy. Get your battery recharged and uh, Thanks. we'll get back to work. Gig gabbing. That's right. Feedback at giggabpodcast.com is where you are going to find us uh, or at least where you can reach us. And you can find us at giggabpodcast.com or on Facebook at giggabpodcast. And uh, with that, we'll, uh, I guess this was a nice way to kick off our second year of podcasting together, Paul. So Year two, absolutely. Year Onward two. we go. Hey, have a good one, folks. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.